You're listening to a Roddenberry Podcast. I'm Earl Green, and this is Sci-Fi 5, your five minutes of science fiction history for September 21st. Today's honoree, Herbert George Wells, would certainly be featured on the Mount Rushmore of science fiction. In his 60-year-long writing career, Wells published 55 high-concept novels and countless short stories. He was a humanitarian, a teacher, and as a predictor of technologies, he was far more accurate than Nostradamus and Criswell combined. H.G. Wells was born on September 21, 1866. His Victorian childhood uniquely steered him toward the very particular writing career he would later have. The first 13 years of Wells' life were spent in Bromley, England, a rural area getting absorbed into the London sprawl. The relationship between his parents was strained. His mother, a devout Protestant who was largely absent, and his father, a much more evidence-based person. Being raised mostly by his free-thinking father informed his beliefs about religion and class. Observing the urbanization of his childhood home and attending a grade school devoted to training tradespeople cemented his populist, working-class mindset, and the recent genocide in Tasmania colored his beliefs about imperialism, war, and society. A series of apprenticeships led him to a position as pupil-teacher at Midhurst Grammar School, where he excelled in Latin and biology. His grades were high enough that he was offered a scholarship to learn biology under famed Darwinist and agnostic T.H. Huxley at the Normal School of Science. Here Wells was active in the school's debate society and co-founded the Science School Journal, where he could write essays, reviews, and short fiction. Wells earned a Bachelor of Science degree in zoology in 1890 and immediately took up teaching. I should probably bring up here another lasting reputation of Wells, ladies' man. He is known to have had many affairs with authors and feminism activists, such as Amber Reeves, with whom he had a child, Rebecca West, with whom he had a child, and birth control advocate Margaret Sanger. No child. wonder why. Wells eventually married a former student of his, Amy Catherine. He would later draw a correlation between his creativity and his love life. During his first five years with Amy, H.G. wrote several novels that he referred to as scientific romances. And that's not romance like love, but old-timey romance like adventure. 1895 saw the publication of The Time Machine, which was a runaway hit, leading to 1896's The Island of Dr. Moreau, 1897's The Invisible Man, and 1898's The War of the Worlds. While H.G. Wells is remembered for these outlandish tales of science run amok, his greatest contribution to humankind is probably his social science writings, if any of Wells' writing sounds cliché to modern ears now, it's essential to remember that he got there first and wrote better than many in his wake. Social Darwinism wound up in a lot of his fiction, but it was entertaining and accessible. In The Time Machine, humanity de-evolved over many years into two classes, I mean species, the pleasant but useless Eloi who are allowed to live on the surface, and the physically superior but savage Morlocks who occasionally rise to the surface and eat the rich. The War of the Worlds was written to echo the Tasmanian genocide that Wells remembered from his childhood, and posits a scenario where Earth, as advanced as we may be, gets colonized and faces extinction at the tentacled hand of Martians. Through his career, he wrote about innovations that we might take for granted now but did not exist at the time, predicting tanks, atom bombs, skyscrapers, television, and airplanes. 
Written in 1933, The Shape of Things to Come predicts how a forthcoming worldwide war ruins mankind until global peace is asserted by a virtuous air force. In 1940, Wells wrote a treatise on human rights called The Rights of Man, which was the inspiration for the United Nations 1948 Declaration of Universal Human Rights. If Wells had his way, Earth would be living as a global utopia, living in the sky and focused on equal rights for all. Sounds pretty much like the start of a united federation of planets to me. This has been 5 Minutes of Science Fiction History, your daily Sci-Fi 5 for September 21st. Sci-Fi 5 is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment, executive producer Rod Roddenberry. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.